I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, everybody. We got a special guest today. Michael Whitworth is in the Zoom room. (laughs) Thanks for having me, brother. Man, thanks for being here. And I found an article about you online that introduces you in a better way than I could ever imagine to do. So it it says, meet Michael Whitworth, the 20-something crooner full of devilish charm and angelic melodies. Oh, my God. What is that? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's something from way back in the day, probably. (laughs) I think so, yeah. Yeah, it must have been before I moved here and realized how to actually do music. (laughs) (laughs) But we we want to see the devilish charm come out, and we want to hear about the angelic melodies. Definitely know about the devilish part, but I don't know about the angelic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us how you kind of got started in music. Like, what what was your early musical things that you were involved in and kind of how did that lead you coming to Nashville? Yeah. Um, well, I started in music. I mean, <laughs> real, real early on. And my parents, you know, said I was, I came out singing more than talking. So like I, I they have a tape of one of my, I think my godfather singing wheels on the bus with me and I just take off and I sing all the lyrics like everything before i was even like two years old so i've I've just been singing forever but really what got me into songwriting and music and stuff was uh the church really i started in worship teams and stuff like that growing up and uh learned acoustic guitar and playing jars of clay songs (laughs) and then uh yeah then i joined some high school rock bands with some friends here that we all actually ended up here in town. Um, my buddy Andy Albert, uh, who's a songwriter, super successful songwriter here, and Rohan Coley, who's a super successful A&R at Warner. And they uh, they actually are the ones that convinced me to move here and start songwriting. So uh, after our soiree into pop punk for a while, we did, <laughs> we did some touring in a 15-passenger van and trailer all over the country and out to Japan and did a bunch of stuff like that. So yeah, man, that's what, that's a very truncated short story version of how I got here, but. (laughs) No, that's awesome. But that's fascinating that three of you from a punk band got, became successful in the country music industry. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, I was, uh, I guess I got, I was in Athens finishing up my degree at UGA after uh, our band at the time kind of like parted ways and we were like, I think we're, we're all interested in doing other things. So Andy kept at it and joined up with Dan Smyers at Dan and Shea to do a duo called Bonaventure. And uh, Rohan was managing Boys Like Girls and um, some other successful like pop and rock bands. And then I went back to school and got married and I uh, was hanging out in Athens and uh, Rohan and Andy would come visit or I'd come up here to Nashville to visit and they'd be like, man, you, you just got to move here, man, we'll do it. And I was like, so they pay you money to write songs. <laughs> I was like, oh, how does that work? And uh, they're like, yeah, man, come up here and get yourself a pub deal and start writing for the radio. And I was like, okay. Um, so my wife and I uh, took a, I guess, a big old leap of faith and moved up here in 2015 and kind of just been grinding. What was your first cut? Uh, first cut was, 
let me think. I think my first cut that I remember, I could be wrong, but I think it's big and rich. Um, uh, oh my gosh, what am I, why am I blanking on the time? <laughs> uh, no Sleep with uh, Brandon Day, me, and Big Kenny. We wrote that one. I'm there here for the party record. So that was, I remember getting uh, that invite from Brandon Day to go in and write with Big Kenny. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Is this how songwriting works? You just get <laughs> invited to people's houses that you've heard on the radio. And I was like, I, I guess so. So. Yeah, it doesn't always work out that way, but that was a special one. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, that was four years ago, maybe five. Yeah, you were on that record too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're, um, yeah, it must have been four or five. I can't tell. COVID years are like <laughs> decades. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is that 10 or two? Well, you, man, you have had a huge amount of, of success in that short time. Oh, thanks, man. I, I'm sure it looks like that. It doesn't feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, on paper, I'm looking yeah. at your, your profile on all music. Yeah. I mean, like Lady A, Gary Allen, Mitchell Tenpenny, Florida Georgia Line, Boy Named yeah. Banjo, Granger Smith. Just I have an all music page. I didn't even know I had one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I got to go look myself up <laughs> you should google yourself yeah so. if they get me right i don't know they might not that's right you you could find those fabulous introductions about your devilish oh my charm. gosh I don't, what even is that i gotta, I gotta <laughs> scrub the internet i think that was on sonic bids or something like that um so you you were trying to be an artist right i guess or, i i mostly wasn't really trying i was mostly like doing it because i like the songwriting aspect of it and i was like well i might as well just sing these songs for and cut them um my buddy back home in atlanta josh Rowland, was like well i'll fund it if you want to cut some songs and i was like okay well why not so this was back when i was living in athens and um you know my buddy paul reeves and josh Rowland and i just you know cut some music together and um we put it out and then like at the time i i think they still do this the radio station, the iHeart Country Station in Atlanta, does like a locals, like local up and coming, you know, artists feature on like a Sunday or something like that. And they asked if they could put me on it. And I was like, okay, sure. So that kind of went to the top there for a while. And that was cool. And I was like, well, maybe I can do music. So we'll see. <laughs> I've never really aspired to be the artist, but right. I, uh, I really enjoy the performing aspect of like you know doing writers rounds or things like that but i i enjoy the the creation the most like the songwriting part that's awesome have most of your cuts been with the artist or have they been outside man i've only had a few outside um the florida georgia line one i guess you could say was outside it's we wrote it with one of their writers so it was kind of half inside, half outside, mm -hmm. now that they signed to their pub, pub group. Um, uh, Breaking In by Eli Young was fully outside, um, the Eli Young band song. That one was the, that was probably my only fully, fully outside. Yeah, I find that most success I have is writing with the artists for the most part. That's interesting. My my experience has been totally the opposite. I've, I've only had one. <laughs> top 40 hit that's been written with the artist wow so, 
That's amazing. What, well, good on you. I mean, that that speaks to your ability to, you know, the part that I'm not great at is pitching yourself, you know, like pitching your stuff to the and being bold about getting your stuff out there because I'm yeah. I'm usually just like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, bothering because <laughs> you can get those yeah. cuts, man. You got to well, look out for yourself. I think I counted on a publisher to do that for about 20 years. And then I, I realized, man, if I'm ever without a publisher, I'm kind of sunk here because I don't have, I haven't paid attention to those connections, you know, or kind of fostered those connections and kept up with them. So yeah, kind of had to work to get back into that. No, I feel that. Now, sweating thinking about that over here on the other end. <laughs> like, well, maybe I need to start pitching my own stuff too. Yeah, well, yeah. I, do. I think that is a interesting part of the new wave of songwriting. I think you kind of have to be a little more hands-on with your stuff. And what, what do you have any tips for people when they get a chance to write with an artist? I mean, like, oh, what, yeah. what's Absolutely. your approach? Oh man, I I will say from experience, if I come in with at least like a chorus concept and a melody idea, just kind of a vibe. Uh, it it makes the ride go a thousand times easier and better if I bring in. Even just last a couple of weeks ago, got in with Ten Penny and um, my buddy Zach Kale and Josh Keir, and we were sitting there and um, kind of tossing titles and. I, I, I was excited about the ride. I love all those dudes. And we, so I made sure I, I came up with a chorus idea and stuff beforehand. And so as we were kind of going around talking vibes, I was like, well, I have this thing, you know, if you, if you dig it, let's, you know, we can chase it. If not, no worries, but this is something I was coming up with, thought about you for, and I played it and Mitchell was just like, absolutely. That's the one we're doing it. And so and it just went like that just so fast. So I do think there is, uh, it's a lot, it can, it can steer it a lot easier if you can come in with a few concepts and maybe some melodies some something just to get the ball rolling, you know? One thing I learned from that uh, Big Kenny, Big and Rich record, writing with Big Kenny was there, I wrote four songs with him for that record. Yeah. Two of them were his idea and two of them were my ideas and he cut his two. <laughs> you know it made it made me realize you know maybe i don't need to try to talk artists into an idea totally. you know maybe i need to go with what they want to say you know so yeah. i think that's a big one is figuring out what they want to say i agree and that's that's a big part of it too it's it's kind of a balance of both right like i i know mitchell really well so i could bring in something that i know what he wants to say already you know that sort of thing but with a new artist that i haven't worked with before i definitely want to make sure that we're communicating what they want to communicate, you know, for sure. And not yeah. just forcing what I think is cool <laughs> onto them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you've had an interesting, you just had a number one on the rock charts with Jelly Roll. Yeah, man. And you've had cuts in several different genres. What, what do you think is the secret to being able to write in different genres like that? Oh, man. I, if you find out, let me know. I <laughs> no, I, I love, uh, I just love the very, like the variation of doing something different every day. I love, you know, working with pop artists, you know, hip hop artists, rock, country, all of it, just because ultimately it's, it's all the same thing. 
you know, you're, you're trying to say what they want to say, trying to get out the words that are, you know, in their, their hearts and what they're trying to do. And so, I mean, I think, you know, it might be a rock song of about, you know, your past that you struggled with stuff and you need to, you know, talk about those dark days, like dead man walking is with jelly roll. And, uh, or it might be a, beer drinking song for a truck bed on a Friday night, you know, it's like yeah. both are equally uh, authentic, you know, and can be yeah. equally authentic. But um, I think it's, it's really just about getting to the heart of what the artist wants to say, no matter what genre it is. That's awesome. So tell me about the co-write that produced dead man walking. <laughs> that had to be an interesting story. It was definitely one of the wilder nights of my life. I'll say that. And uh, yeah. so Andrew Bayless, Jelly Roll's producer, um, and I've got to be good friends over the past couple of years. And when he moved to town fairly recently, he's been doing stuff up in Ocean City, Maryland, and been in different metal bands and things like that. But he moved here and we got to be buddies. And he was showing me some stuff he's been working on with Jelly Roll. I hadn't met Jelly Roll yet. And he... Uh, was playing me some stuff and I was like, oh man, this stuff is dope. I have to get on this record, man. If you can, if you can get me in, I'll come in anytime. Like I'll bring all my best ideas. Like, I just want to be on this record. Man. I know it's going to blow up and be awesome. And he was like, dude, definitely. We'll make it happen. But here's one thing you need to know about <laughs> Jelly Roll. It won't be early. It'll be at midnight <laughs> when you get the phone call. I was like, okay. I was like, so he's like, we're in the studio this week, so leave your phone on and uh, and I'll call you if he's like wanting you to come in to write. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I'm in bed asleep. I get a phone call. See, it's Bayless. I pick it up. He's like, yep, come to the studio, Sound Emporium, Studio A. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, go. I get up out of bed, pound some Red Bull get dressed, tell my wife, like, hey, head into the studio. She's like, okay. She, you know, like, super supportive, amazing. But uh, I get, I'm driving over there, and Bayless had sent me a few tracks, like some starts that he was interested in writing with Jelly Roll, and so I was kind of top-lining some stuff in my head on the way over there. I get to Sound Emporium. <laughs> I walk in, and I'm like, yeah, I'm here for Jelly Roll. And he's like, yeah, he has the whole building. So, you know, but they're in Studio A. I was like, okay, cool. I walk into Studio A. And there's like, I don't want to exaggerate. I, don't, I think somewhere between 30 and 40 people in Studio A. Like, <laughs> enormously packed. Like, uh -huh. we're talking his security team was there, his label of Broken Bow and BBR. And like producers engineers just you know a couple writers and and all just buds and friends and entourage and i was just like holy hell this is packed in here <laughs> it's like okay so i walk in the door and uh jelly's sitting at the console and he whips around and he's just like Whitworth, what's up man and i was like dude how are you man he's like what you got and i was like huh come again <laughs> he goes what you got and i was like oh um like songs and he's like yeah what, what you got and i was like do you want me to you want me to like play play for like just freestyle like right here and he's like yeah go show me what you got <laughs> i was like huh and i was like this has to be some sort of test or something <laughs> <laughs> 
see if I got it or or if I deserve to be there or not. And I was like, well, what the hell? I'm here. I am. So I was like, well, I was uh, working on a little thing on the way over here. Uh, if you want to hear, it, he's like, yeah, hop in the booth. Go ahead and pull. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, okay, here we go. It's all or nothing. You know, cards on the table. Let's do this. So I sang, I didn't have all the words, but I had melodies and a concept and over this track that Bayless had built. And I just got in there and I just sang it down, verse, chorus, like, you know, what I had, melodies and mumbled the rest. And I got to the end of the hook and, you know, he hits space bar, stops it. And he just goes, man, I F with that. <laughs> and he's just in the whole room just like yeah, yeah. starts erupting I was just like got nauseous and was just like oh god okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a massive sigh of relief that he loved it and it ended up being the second track on the record backslide on Jelly's new record but that was uh <laughs> that was the most nerve-wracking introduction of all time to working with Jelly Roll that's I for can sure. only imagine yeah. that is crazy yeah that's I'm every day a new, a new thing that's what i love about this job yeah absolutely me too yeah it's i, I was at a um i won't name the function but i was at a music business function one time where and it was one of those things where people are just going around bragging about all the stuff they're doing and it, yeah. you know i mean and i was like oh man i'm just so tired of hearing this and i look over at the bar and there's this guy with tattoos all over his face <laughs> and he's just sitting there by himself and i'm like this is my people i, yeah. you know, <laughs> I want to get out of these so my wife and i go over there and and it, i introduce myself and he goes jelly nice to meet you and and come to find out we grew up in the same area i grew up in antioch where he grew up no way. in nashville I, didn't know and I think we'd gone to several of the same schools and all that kind of stuff so it was fascinating conversation talk to uh, him but yeah that's he, awesome he saved the day for me because he was not at all boring. <laughs> that boring is an adjective no one can use to describe. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And if our <laughs> listeners have not heard him, you need to check out the song Dead Man Walking. That he did. What, what's a song that you're super proud of, whether it's been cut or not? Well, definitely goes without saying Dead Man Walking. Just have a two-week number one at rock radio is like, beyond dreams for that and i really love the concept of it and i really love the just everything production performance i'm really super proud of that one um i think another one uh that i'm really proud of that i love is break it in by eli young man that one uh really that was a real great co-write it was kind of i think all four of us first time we were in the room with each other um and we hadn't even met Benji Davis before, and now he's a number one songwriter too. And um, that one just felt really special. It felt really authentic. Um, Was that you, Benji, Daniel Ross? Yes, and, and Brandon Day. And Brandon, cool. Yeah, that one. That one just always felt special. And yeah, that is my. I think my only outside, truly outside cut. Um, that's what we were saying earlier. But yeah, but Scott Burchett really loved it. And, Wanted it for you, like that was great. That's killer. So that's one. Um, I don't know. I'm, there's a lot that I'm, I'm real proud of, and then there's 
you know, some, even, I'm even proud of the, you know, the dumb drinking songs too. Why not? It's fun. It's, it's good. <laughs> exactly. We're here to entertain. <laughs> we don't, we can't change the world with every song. No, exactly. But you know, who's, uh, who's to say that, you know, having a cold beer on a tailgate doesn't change the world in some way. That is true. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier about loving songwriting because every day is different. What what else about songwriting kind of feeds your soul? Yeah, the uh, I'd say just like bringing bringing something out of nothing is like the craziest concept in the world. Like that song did not exist, you know, in the world before we just created it that day. Yeah, and there's there's nothing like that feeling. I don't think I could ever go back to a nine to five because of that feeling, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I can't, if I'm not bringing like that, that creative process is, you know, incomparable really just to sit there some days with not even a concept, some days, not even a melody, nothing. And, and just bring something out. And some days it's amazing. And some days it's just okay. And <laughs> some days you don't get anything, but the process is just, it's my favorite thing in the world. I grew up in a very homogenous kind of environment. Like everybody mm-hmm. uh, in my neighborhood was white, kind of lower middle class, mm-hmm. went to a church where every, you know, everybody thought the way I thought and all that kind of stuff. And so one of the best, most fulfilling things for me about songwriting has been the people, not only yeah. just because they're, it's fascinating to be around creative people every day, but it's fascinating to be around people who think differently, who are from different places, different walks of life and can bring a real perspective, I think, to my story. You know, so when I throw out an idea, getting those different viewpoints, I think has been pivotal in my life, really, as far as making me a more um, well-rounded person. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I love being in rooms where, you know, all walks of life and all different you know, backgrounds and beliefs and all sorts of things. And it's, it's amazing. I love, I think that makes a better world for sure. When people that are, you know, so different and whatever, get in the same room can create something together. And what's better than that? It's like, yeah, that's the greatest. Absolutely. I wrote with a a writer the other day who's, we're very close, but he and I are on opposite ends of the political spectrum. And Oh yeah. I do that all the time. (laughs) You know, and he was just, going on and on and on about something and i finally said do we want to argue all day do we want to write a song he goes let's write a song and we just dropped it and we we wrote a song and it turned out great you know and i think i think that that discourse is so important to be able to you know talk and because if you everybody just believes the same thing or is scared to talk about it or it's it doesn't help you know it's humanizing issues is so important and then also being able to just say screw it let's just create something together as human beings you know? yeah we don't have to agree no. we, can, we can still do something some of, my, some of my best friends are on the opposite side of the political spectrum for me and I'm, I'm just like it's they make me a better person and hopefully i do the same for them yeah the antipathy and animosity that you know we see a lot of times through the media and stuff is just can only really be solved by people getting to know other people you know, being face to face and having conversations and not just assuming things about each other and just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's next for you? What, I mean, what have you got coming up that you're excited about? Uh, well, um, I'm kind of riding this jelly roll train right now. We just, we, uh, been working on the new record 
and he's been killing it. And uh, and he's got like a another song in country top thirty right now. That's amazing. So he's in multi genres right now. Uh, we're writing country songs for his next record. We wrote one with Brantley Gilbert that I'm really pumped about. Um, That's cool. That is was really really cool and. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, hop on the road with them maybe and do a little writing on the road. They're going out with Brantley, um, Pillbox Patty, who's <laughs> Nicole, uh, Nicolette Hayford is amazing. Um, her new stuff is coming out. And then he's going out with Shinedown and, and he's headlining Bridgestone Arena. <laughs> Just saw that. Night. And then Red Rocks later in the fall. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Man, he's, I mean, the, the pre-sale, he's already sold something like 8,000 tickets at Bridgestone in two days. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like, this guy is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, so I'm excited to, yeah, go out on the road, do a little writing, travel a bit. and um, Yeah, pumped about that. And I got another rock tune going to rock radio in the end of the summer with Sleeping with Sirens. Uh, it's called Complete Collapse. It's going to be hidden the radio i guess in august so that's awesome pumped about that yeah killer well thanks for being with us and sharing your wisdom oh please thank you so much for having me man it's an honor to be on here with you appreciate you having me all right i hope you enjoyed that michael's a super talented writer Uh, you should follow him and his career we've got a song coming up by marilyn oakley who's a listener called like a shakespearean play And I thought it was a really cool vibe, so I know you'll enjoy that. But first, I'd love to ask you, if you enjoy our podcast, please give us a review, uh, share it with your friends, all that kind of stuff, because that really helps us uh, show up in searches. And we've got some information in the show notes about Songtown. We'd love to have you check Songtown out. It's a worldwide community of songwriters that believe the answer to every problem in the music business as a songwriter is to write a better song because if you write a better song you're going to have a better chance than you had today so here's our song to leave you with take care we'll see you next week